Just after 9 o'clock, good morning. This is Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. And coming up at 9.30 is the Sunny Melindra Show. But the inspirational hour begins now with God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. The following is sponsored by GodandOurDogs.com. And this is Bernie Radio. Live or love the Western lifestyle? Then Wheeler's Western Outfitters and Bernie is your dream store. Hi, I'm Dale Garner. With 40,000 square feet, find a full line of hats, boots, trendy women's boutique, hunting gear, high-end horse trailers and feed for your dogs, horses, and livestock. We believe in quality products, honest advice, and friendly service. It is the Wheeler's way of life. That's Wheeler's Western Outfitters, IH10, and Bernie, or Wheeler'sTX.com. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. GodandOurDogs.com Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at GodandOurDogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer. Welcome to God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our vision on God and Our Dogs is discovering a new perspective and rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. How does it happen? The same way our other relationships grow, spending time together, learning about one another, developing trust, and experiencing transformation. Dog stories shared on the show reveal God in new ways. We look in the mirror of our dogs. In the reflection, we find aha moments, bringing to light a deeper understanding of love, value, purpose, and belonging. Find us at GodInOurDogs.com. Click follow on the God In Our Dogs page on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast site. Please also subscribe on YouTube where you'll find special bonus material from our show guests. Thanks to the folks at Wheeler's Western Outfitters for a great spot to record our show. Today features four of our prior guests in a theme pack shows with special themes and topics. Our guests today in order of appearance are LaDonna Mack, community volunteer and former teacher, Dick Powell, doctor of theology candidate and retired pastor, Greg McCrum, physician's assistant, and Curtis Bissonette, director of business automation and loss prevention for Valero Energy. Training bird dogs is the theme for today's show. Bird dog owners are some of our most popular guests. Listeners love to hear about the natural skills and abilities of bird dogs. Yes, they are naturals, but trainers spend time and patience persisting to channel the dog's talents to perform in the field. We can see in the example of the dogs and their trainers God's love and patience while developing a relationship with us so we can live lives of value, purpose, and belonging. Let's begin with LaDonna Mack. She has fond memories of the time and techniques her dad used to train successful bird dogs. My earliest memories of dogs, I'm not really sure um, what age I really was, but uh, my father was a hunter, loved to bird hunt. So he hunted pheasant, quail, and dove all my life. That I remember didn't ever hunt a larger game, but um, so he typically had 
for dogs, English setters and English pointers. And the, I always remember the setters were just so beautiful. They had usually typically black and white and just lovely thick fur. And, and then the pointers were more wiry, like if you're familiar with um, bird dogs. But um, yeah, my dad had litters of puppies on occasions, and those were just playmates of mine. I put them in my stroller, like I'm sure other little ones did at times, but I would try to sneak them to sleep with them. And um, the puppies were really just part of growing up as well. And I don't remember having litter after litter after litter, but it wasn't uncommon to have some. And so I just grew to love the puppies and the dogs. That is too cool. So you told me something really interesting about the dogs' names. Yeah. Yeah, typically, Meg, you had asked me if um, it was hard when the puppies were sold or when my dad, you know, when a dog passed away. But they really, I don't remember them typically really being family dogs. They were really hunting dogs. So Mm -hmm. although my dad took great care of them, they weren't inside and they weren't um, really playmates. So typically their names, if it was a male dog, was Rex, and a female dog is Susie. There may have been another, others, but those I remember those throughout my life. Uh-huh. So that was either just a name that he liked to call from the field or maybe their lineage or something. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, if you look at those AKC names, mm-hmm. sometimes they're like mm-hmm. five or six names, yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, and they call them like something entirely different. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that may have been the case, and I never really thought to ask him, but Uh we later had a lab that my little son at the time was about a fourth grader, and she was a little female, and he wanted to name her Susie because that was familiar to him. Mm -hmm. My dad had always, he'd heard him call those dogs. Yeah. Well, did your dad just breed the dogs, or did he also train them? No, he trained his own dogs, and um, when he would keep a pup or when he would even just have dogs that he bought, early memories of him out in our backyard and on the driveway. And he would hold up what looked like a big fishing pole, mm-hmm. um, a cane pole with a um, a long, long string and tied to the bottom of the string would be some sort of object. It would typically be rags wound around a piece of wood with even nails through it. So that sounds a little harsh, but he was never unkind with the dogs. It just taught them to hold the bird later very softly in its uh-huh. mouth. So the nail would barely stick through. It was wound so heavily with rags, but he would, I think if I remember correctly, he would put uh, the smell of the birds on those on those rags so that they would get used to the smell and get used to holding them very gently. Mm-hmm. And then he would also teach them to wait, taught them, you know, it was so fun to see little bitty puppies pointing um, as he would hold that in front of their noses. And mm-hmm. they would go into an immediate point as little ones. And so he taught them to be patient and wait and not go until he said. And yeah, in the it was world just did, neat to see. How in the world did he teach them to wait? Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's funny it's just I guess as like you teach a little dog to sit um I guess I never asked his his house but I love just seeing his kindness to the dogs and his I guess is um relentless with them so to speak he he spent a lot of time with them teaching Mm -hmm. them and he would say hold that was one word I remember him using Mm -hmm. hold and then he would say okay you know Uh release release Uh uh-huh and um know that he really had professional training but he hunted with a lot of different people and so it was just typical we sometimes send our dogs to trainers today which I've done and is wonderful but that just seemed to be something intuitively he did he gave our dogs their own shots and their own medicine Mm -hmm. well that really spending that time 
really mm-hmm. did strengthen the relationship between them, oh, especially sure. in the field, I would imagine. Right. They needed to be able to right. listen yeah. and respond. Uh-huh. And return <laughs> with the birds. With the bird, right, yeah. right. And my dad would bring home. You know, it's interesting to talk about this with you because I remember um, he would come in with pouches full of quail and they were partially clean, but he'd clean them at the sink and my mom would soak them just like a lot of people do with their venison. And um, oh, we had feasts, uh-huh. those delicious quail, chicken fried with gravy and biscuits. And that was just uh-huh. part of growing up. As LaDonna said, her dad spent time with his dogs developing trust His kindness and relentless attention to the dogs paid off for the family in the field. If you want to hear more of LaDonna Mack's stories, go to GodInOurDogs.com forward slash listen and her show is number 141. Dick Powell grew up in North Carolina training and hunting with his bird dogs in nearly idyllic conditions. My dad was not a hunter nor a fisherman. My mother's closest friend in high school married a guy named Alan Grimstead, who had three daughters who wanted nothing to do with hunting and fishing. So I became <laughs> Alan's surrogate son. Uh-huh. And I was a, Alan not so much, but I, I did two types of hunting primarily, quail hunting and duck hunting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never had uh, dogs for, for duck hunting because my friends had dogs for that. But quail hunting, I actually belonged to a hunting club in North Carolina that was a deer hunting club, but I didn't shoot deer. I was a member because they we had a thousand acres and we leased that thousand acres and from January second to February twenty eighth, after that was the quail season, deer season had gone out, so I had that thousand acres to myself. Awesome for quail hunting. But we raised English setters and we had we were just very fortunate to have gotten a strand that were really, really good dogs. And Jake was the oldest dog. Alan had been in Saudi Arabia for five years, came back, found Jake. Uh, I was in high school at the time. And so we started, I had an English setter and Jake was the the father of of our dogs. We had them mated and we'd get a pup out of the litter. And JR was was one of Jake's first pups. Jake was a great hunter great bird dog we we would train the the dogs using a a quail swing on a on a bamboo fishing pole and have it out there and get the dogs on point so the dogs could get on point and learn how to the point and it becomes almost natural with them to do this instinctive i looked for and i could not find it meg a picture of jr at five weeks old on point oh my goodness but one of the things (laughs) that we learned early on if you really want to teach that young dog how to hunt, put them with an older dog. Uh-huh. And that older dog teaches that younger dog how to hunt. And so as those dogs mature, and particularly like season two, season three with them in particular, they start to hunt on their own. I remember one time I was I was hunting with JR, and I lost him. I was by myself. I had JR and I. We were hunting, and I couldn't find him. And I wandered around and wandered around. It must have been five or six minutes, and I, he had been on point so long that he finally just sat down on the ground, but was still on point. He was uh, waiting for me. He you. was waiting for me. That great, you know, discipline and patience that, frankly, I wish I'd had more of back then. Yeah. Well, Dick, this is just fascinating to me that you all use this training technique of using the older dogs in the proper setting mm-hmm. to teach the young, younger <clears throat> dogs. Yep. What can we learn about that as far as our Christian walk? I have a friend who lives in Lusaka, Zambia, named uh, Isaac Banda, 
and uh, he was in seminary with me, and he's a pastor there. Actually, he's an associate dean at Ustomawali University there now, but I learned something from him that I think I can relate back to coming to that. In Zambia, we'll ask somebody, how are you? And they'll say, oh, I'm fine. And in Zambia, they say, how are you? And they'll say, well, I'm okay if you're okay. Uh-huh. Because they live within the context of this community that teaches, trains up, and nurtures. Well, when you're doing that with dogs, it's, it's the same thing. You could see, maybe I'm seeing more there than, I could see the pride in Jake's eyes as he saw J.R. progress mm-hmm. and being part of that group. And those dogs were just, they were inseparable, even though they didn't live together. You could see the joy when they came back together. And it was almost a J.R. had this, or Jake had this passionate desire to make sure that gave to J.R. the skills that he had so that J.R. could become the dog that he was. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were both great bird dogs. Yeah, it really makes me think about what Jesus said about his yoke being easy. Mm-hmm. And yoke really was what the rabbi's teachings were. Mm-hmm. It's not the yoke, you know, you think oxen yoke right. together. And that really makes me think of that relationship with those dogs, that Jesus wanted to have that same kind of relationship, not only with his disciples, but with other people that he encountered, and even with us, you know, 2,000 years later. Yeah, you notice Jesus didn't turn people away. Right. And he went to where they were, Mm -hmm. um, and he listened to them with a compassionate, loving heart. Didn't necessarily tell them what they wanted to hear, but he listened. Yes. Had that great compassion. Dick's bird dog puppies were trained by people and dogs as well. The relationships and community they developed produced value and belonging. To hear more from Dick Powell, go to godandourdogs.com forward slash listen, and his show is number 140. Before we hear from Greg McCrum and Curtis Bissonette, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor today, Wheeler's Western Outfitters. Wheeler's Western Outfitters has an amazing selection for anyone who ranches, who owns dogs, cattle, horses, participates in 4-H, or just enjoys feeding the deer. Find a full line of hats, boots, clothing for men, women, and kids, beautiful jewelry, hunting gear, high-end horse trailers, and feed for your dogs, horses, and livestock. They have great products and advice Plus, they greet you at the door with a smile and a helpful attitude. Wheeler's Western Outfitters, IH10 in Bernie or wheelersoutfitters.com. God and Our Dogs has great sponsors. Please thank them when you see them. Branscombe Law, Wheeler's Western Outfitters, Kendall County Abstract, and the Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning. Because of them, we have a wonderful website, godandourdogs.com with bonus material inspired by show guests on the Want a Treat page. Check out the show webpage for regular updates, resources, and thoughts to ponder. That's GodInOurDogs.com for lots of treats. Hey, this is Cece Smith, and you're listening to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. We are back on God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Our show is a theme show today with stories about bird dog training. Our guests today in order of appearance are LaDonna Mack, community volunteer and former teacher, Dick Powell, doctor of theology candidate and retired pastor, Greg McCrum, physician's assistant, 
and Curtis Bissonette, Director of Business Automation and Loss Prevention for Valero Energy. We heard from LaDonna Mack and Dick Powell before the break. Our next guest is Greg McCrum. His bird dog, Bella, comes from a long line of naturally talented Labrador retrievers. Picked her largely due to the fact like more hunting lineage than anything else. So we did quite a bit of hunting and everything else in Washington State, uh, Montana. Mm-hmm. So bird hunting was sort of a bigger priority. So you must have spent a lot of time training with her. Quite a bit. I think that's certainly the perseverance, time, effort, just to consistently generate the exact same you know result, which comes over repetition and time. Repetition and time. So tell us a little bit about what did you do to help her come into her own as a hunting dog? I mean, certainly once you phase through that basic obedience as far as just general listening and, you know, sit and stop commands, uh-huh. those things, focusing on how to find certain, you know, upland game or, you know, birds and those types of things and really go for long distances for you know, hand and arm signals, ways that you can go ahead and communicate when you're even farther than, you know, voice commands. Wow. So how do you communicate? Just hand signals? She could see them that well? Or did you have whistles? What did you do? So whistle, go ahead and have her, she could be few hundred yards away uh-huh. and loud whistle blast one large long whistle mm-hmm. blast will go ahead and have her stop sit turn face you from there depending how far away she is it might be just a regular hand and arm signal or you might have to take your hat off so she can actually just see a contrasting color so how long was this process this process continues today and she's 12 and a half yeah so. <laughs> yeah so you must have worked with her every day I, it's predominantly I mean, work permitting type of things but yeah, yeah. that's if, as much as spending as little as 10, 15 minutes a day, as much as an hour a day, would be worth your time and effort. And it's a matter of trying to take every opportunity where you would go do something fun, which is, hey, we're going to go for, you know, a hike for a mile or two and just, you know, hide things that she would want to find or look for. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So was she good right away or did that take time? I think she was, she always had a natural talent. Mm-hmm. I think that was largely just some of her lineage that she had as far as prior hunting dogs that were in her pedigree, Uh but she was, you know, she's naturally just has that natural innate ability to, Mm -hmm. you know, be an amazing hunting dog and just help take the time, money and effort to refine Yeah. Yeah. So it's just take it in steps and a lot of patience. Well, a lot like children, it's baby steps. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So babies crawl and then they kind of walk, toddle around, then they walk and then they run. Same thing with Bella, huh? Yeah. It's definitely that crawl, walk, run mentality that show them what right looks like and then kind of like phase in what you expect them to do to the point where, you know, once probably about the year and a half mark and everything else, there was, I didn't really have to tell her what she needed to do. She had an innate ability to know what she Uh needed to do at the time we were doing it. So so knowing there was time to work and knowing it was time to play. Yeah, passing that magic time. So how can we see God in that, in our relationship with him, kind of compared with our or your relationship with Bella. How can we see that as far as our training goes? Yeah, there's a multitude of ways to go ahead and look at that. Certainly there's the, you know, a trust in certain abilities. So it's that, you know, level of trust, that level of confidence mm-hmm. that like I don't have any doubt in my mind that God has a particular path or, you know, something in mind of what we wanted, what he has envisioned for us uh-huh. might not always be what we're looking, what we think it is at the time. Yeah. But they have that certain path. But just knowing that you can confidently get from point A to point B and then having that patience to understand where that next step is or how we're going to go forward with that. 
Although Bella is a talented dog, she needed Greg's training to crawl, then walk, then run as a successful bird dog. If you want to hear more about Greg McCrum's experiences with Bella, go to GodInOurDogs.com forward slash listen and his show is number 129. Our final guest today is Curtis Bissonette. He told us about the fierce duck hunter, Chip, the chocolate lab. And we had a fundraiser, and during that fundraiser, somebody introduced this chocolate lab puppy. Oh, boy. And they let Doris hold the puppy, right? Oh, yeah. That was a big score for them, wasn't it? Yes. And I'm telling you, it was one of those where once Doris held Chip, that dog was coming home with us because he was perfect for me. He had the big blockhead He had big paws, so I knew he was going to be a big male dog, and that's actually what I wanted. I wanted a retriever, a water dog, dedicated for water dog hunting because I wanted a duck hunt as well. Uh And he was perfect, and so he ended up becoming part of the family. Oh, neat. So tell us about hunting with um, both your dogs. Uh, What stands out in your mind for those memories? Yeah, good Good question. And, and really, most of my outdoor experience was with Chip, so I'm going to focus on Chip today. Chip was one of these dogs that, even though he was large, he was a 110-pound chocolate lab, so he, wow. was, he was an incredible dog, but he was a gentle giant. You know, if you ever see a big male, some of these dogs can be have a disposition that are hard to train. Chip was much different than that, and so the bonding that I got to have with Chip and the intimacy that I got to have with him was special from the standpoint that he was willing to submit in his will to me and how I wanted to train and lead. And so a lot of what I think about, you know, from a a relationship with me and my dog and that spirituality that we have um, and that connection that we have with a dog is me as the, the master wanting to train, we study how to train and we learn how to teach but we have to spend time out in the field together to be able to build that bond and that trust with the animal. And in this case, Chip had the interest and desire to want to serve. He was a loyal companion. He always wanted to perform at his best. And to do that, we had to spend time together. So as a puppy, we began doing all the fundamental training where you have the feather on a stick and a string and you're pulling it out before he grabs it or you have the water retrieve, or you have the blind retrieve, or you have the hand signals. So this experience that we had, truly, he had to learn me, and I had to learn him. And so it was special in that respect. And that's really what elevated both of us, because for me to have the experience that I wanted to have in the field, I needed to have Chip. And for Chip to really have the experience that he wanted to desire, he needed to have me. And together, we elevated each other. It was Mm -hmm. a bond that was special. And he was, he was uh, definitely a loyal companion and a loyal friend. Wow. I, I can just see that. Uh, it's almost like, well, there are only two of you, but it's almost like there's an orchestra playing because you've got both of you, but then you have the, the setting of nature and the, the changing, uh, like the wind might be a little bit different one day than another and the water might be a little bit different. Mm. There's so many different factors, and you do have to work together a lot in order to be able to read one another and know how to respond. Yes, yes we do. And when I think about Scripture, Genesis 126 comes into mind because it talks about that God created us in his likeness. And it also comes to say that God gave us dominion 
over creation. And when I think about that relationship that I had with Chip and that bonding that we had, it, it's an experience that is special. And, and as we begin to grow in our hunting relationship, you know, the strength and performance that he had was incredible, but also it's very similar to when we think about us understanding God and our relationship with God. We have to spend time with the Lord. We have to bond with him. And he created us in his likeness, which means he made us intelligent. He gave us morality. He gave us spirituality. He gave us the ability to have emotion, to love. And through all of that, it's really a bonding that we are to look to him as our master and we are to look to him as our Lord, um, just like the dog looks to us. And through that obedience that we have in pursuing Jesus as our Savior and understanding who he is, we pursue that. We begin to elevate our existence and the purpose that we have because God's designed us in a very special way. And he's purposeful about what he does as the divine creator, just like a dog has a DNA and a genetic of Chip being a retriever is a very special purpose dog. Mm -hmm. But that connection doesn't break him of his will. All the hunters that are listening today know that if you have a dog and you have a dog that's genetically superior because of its breeding um, genetics, that dog will struggle unless he submits to the will of the master. Just like we as humans, when we think about our relationship with the Lord, we will struggle with that free will that God gave us and our unique creative intellect. But if we submit to him, we are able to elevate our existence and who God created us to be. And we truly can become um, the, the full purpose of what God created us for. And I see that in Chip. I see that in the dogs that I see around other trainers. When they are bonded together and they are in unity, the performance level out in the field and the retrieve or in the point or in the, you know, the, the ability to seek and find, that, that's really where the game gets elevated. Curtis's story inspires us to look to God for our value and purpose. As we work together, we can find a greater level of performance. For more from Curtis Bissonette, go to godinourdogs.com forward slash listen show number 113 what vivid stories of training from LaDonna Mack Dick Powell Greg McCrum and Curtis Bissonette thank you for sharing and opening a window into training what it means for your bird dog and for us patience persistence and love inspired value purpose and belonging as well as trust Before we bring the show to a close, I'd like to leave with a thought to ponder. Yes, that's P-A-W-N-D-E-R. Am I like a bird dog? Do I have natural talent but need God's help to go in the right direction and find purpose and belonging in life? Let me know what you think after pondering. Email stories at godinourdogs.com. This is Meg Greer, and you have been listening to God and Our Dogs. I appreciate all of you, and thank you for joining us. You can listen to the show again on our website or subscribe on your favorite podcast site. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for special show bonuses. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn at God and Our Dogs, and click follow. Subscribing and following helps the show spread the word 
about discovering a new perspective and rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. God and our dogs.com. Live or love the Western lifestyle? Then Wheeler's Western Outfitters and Bernie is your dream store. Hi, I'm Dale Garner. With 40,000 square feet, find a full line of hats, boots, trendy women's boutique, hunting gear, high-end horse trailers, and feed for your dogs, horses, and livestock. We believe in quality products, honest advice, and friendly service. It is the Wheeler's way of life. That's Wheeler's Western Outfitters, IH10, and Bernie, or Wheeler'sTX.com. 